This is Founders at Five, your favorite podcast about topics that don't make it to the happy hour. My name is Anna. I'm Lena, and welcome to our happy hour. Cheers. Cheers. Chin chin. <gasps> chin Salud. How are you, Anna? I'm great. And we are still remote. I'm still in Spain. Lena is still in New York. Well, you were at the advertising week, right? Yes, I was. It was the first advertising week in a few years with all everything pandemic and so oh, on in between. Cool. Anything interesting? Well, it was very nice. Location was great. Lower East Side, this huge mm. space and some really cool talks. I did some of them virtually and some of them I went there. Emily Ratajkowski was talking about podcasts and she Ooh. has a new one. They were talking about how like podcasts are the future. So we're on the right track. We already with our knew that. Empire. We already knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was just also very nice to see these industry events happening and it was on fire. So much people, very nice brands, a lot of cool activations and a lot of sessions. That's really cool. I always feel like when you go to events or you just listen to, I mean, I haven't really done a lot of online events anymore. I'm like so done with that stuff. But when you go to events and you're actually listening to people and I think it's crazy how they always sound so smart and there's like, oh, these industry experts and whatever. And then in reality, I'm wondering, like, you know, a lot of people, as we know, right, like we read all these articles and interviews where people are like, oh, I always have these insecurities about how much do I actually know about my industry or am I actually fit to be a CEO or am I good enough to be this VP of marketing telling thousands of people the trends for the next year? But like, what do I really know? Like this kind of imposter yeah. syndrome. And I think it's really crazy because when everybody else watches you and looks at you, they're like, yeah, that makes total sense. You're smart. You're making total sense. And then people themselves, I think, have a lot of, I don't know, maybe it's like a women thing. Well, actually, I went to see a talk. The, you actually went to see a talk? I went, <laughs> I, I went to see a talk <laughs> with uh, three women. One of them was the co-president of Savage Fenty, Rihanna's oh. lingerie. And then one was from Riot Games a gaming company. Mm. And the third one was from an advertising agency, the CEO. And it was really cool because all of them have had career paths that have taken them from like, they have been in one industry and changed completely and then gone back to maybe the previous one. But they have been kind of jumping around. And what has maybe seemed to be like not a linear path or maybe not the most logical or what would make the most sense to go from if you want to build your career, they have really taken risks and really made big jumps. And now they're all very successful at what they do, are leading very successful companies and very nice, cool brands. And it was so interesting and inspiring to hear because, of, like you said, there's a lot of insecurity and sometimes the imposter syndrome along the way. And then now what we saw was a success story. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if imposter syndrome is more of a affects women. I think it's like 99% women. I have never heard, at least, like for yeah. real, I've never heard of a guy that's like, I don't think I'm like good enough for this. Or like, I think I like bit a bit more than I can chew. Like it never really happens. I don't know why that is. I think it's some kind of psychological thing that this literally, even if you read any articles and Honestly, I've kind mm -hmm. of stopped. I don't even read them anymore because it's like the same stuff. But if you were to read about like imposter syndrome, whatever, it's always women. And it's crazy how like they're very successful. They're like know their shit better than 
a whole lot of other people, obviously, yeah. because there's a reason why you've been chosen to run a company or lead a team. And still people have these insecurity is one thing, but really this imposter, like, I'm actually not who I say I am. I'm actually not this CEO. Have you ever felt imposter syndrome? No. Have you? No. Definitely like dips in confidence every once in a while. But that's a different thing. That for sure. I've definitely felt like I'm not doing a good job, for example, or like I could be better. I should be better. Am I leading the right way? Am I making right? All those things. But I've never questioned if I'm supposed to be leading a company or being a founder or am I supposed to be like taking investor money or whatever? I'm like, of course, I know I'm good. That's why I'm building what I build. That's why I have full confidence in myself. But there are definitely these moments within it when you're like, oh, I, I think I should be better. Yeah. But, but never questioning whether or not I deserve to be where I am. And yeah. I think that's kind of the key in the imposter syndrome is like people feel like they don't deserve to be where they are because they're not as good as supposedly some other people. Why do you think that you've never had imposter syndrome? I don't know. I mean, I think maybe I've been a little bit overly confident sometimes about my abilities. I don't think I'm in general like a very typical woman. I think I have a lot of thought processes that I think guys have, not all, but more than I think a typical woman. I think it's just some kind of an inbuilt thing of I'm very competitive and I'm very like assertive and a lot of the qualities that are typically linked to men. So I think that my brain works a little bit differently. But also I have to say, when I was in high school, I was applying for our like student board in high school. I wanted to be like the president. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but then I heard that some guy who was like my one of my classmates, that he was going to run and he also wanted to become the president. And he was one of these guys who like would come to school looking preppy, always having these smart sounding answers. And so I honestly thought he was so smart. And I, that was the only time in my life that I've done that, I dropped out of that race. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be president. Like I can be on the board, but I don't have to. Because I was afraid, I was like, I'm not going to be able to compete with him. And then I'm going to be embarrassed because I'm going to lose. And I have always hated yeah. losing. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to be a part of this race. So I'm not going to lose. So then obviously he ended up becoming the president, ended up stealing money from the student board. Oh my God. Like, whatever, 16, 17. How shameless. He stole money. And then some teachers had to call his parents, be like, you have to return. You know, this whole thing. Talk about embarrassing. Right? I'm not in touch with him anymore. So I don't know what he's doing, but I bet he's somewhere. Have you LinkedIn stalked? No, actually. But it's crazy how like I, as a young girl, was like, oh, I'm not going to even run against him because he's so smart. And he ends up stealing money. Like he's a total douche. I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of, even like as a as an adult, as a professional, you read a lot of articles or you have some of these communities that you can join. And there's like a lot of communities for women and whatever. And I actually realized that a lot of the things that are talked about there are all these problems and issues. And the imposter syndrome is like such a popular topic. But I honestly feel, um, this may be a very unpopular opinion, but I think that talking about it actually makes it worse. Because you talk about it too much. I think we've talked about it so much to where well, someone maybe didn't even know that they had it and they're like, oh my gosh, other people are feeling like that. Well, who am I not to feel like an imposter if Sheryl Sandberg feels like an imposter? Yeah. Well, oh my God, I must totally be it, right? And then you have all these additional thought processes. Also, if the conversation is much more focused on the problem itself and not so much about, well, how do you get out of it? Yeah. 
or how have people gotten out of it? Because it's, uh, I mean, it must be horrible to walk around and feel like soon everybody will find out that I don't know shit, I can't shit. Yeah. But also, isn't it funny how plenty of other women that are in very high positions, obviously, are super great. So I don't really know if it's like if you are feeling like that after years into your career, then what does that tell a young woman who's in her 20s? You, when you're like 50, tell them, oh, even I feel like that. It's like, oh, okay, well, then I guess. And I, I still, still feel, feel like, like that. that. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's even worse because even after all these years and all this experience, I still feel like an imposter. That's very discouraging. I think it's very discouraging. There's nothing to look forward to. And then, then it's more like, well, let's just all accept that we feel like it. It's like, okay, but I don't think that that's actually gonna do any good. <laughs> I agree. What's your relationship with this? Growing up, I was also like very confident in my skills and abilities <laughs> and maybe like sometimes even too confident. And one thing combined with that is like I've never really seen no as an option. Like I've just never seen that something could go wrong or maybe it might not go the way I wanted. And maybe I've been like a little bit overly confident is one way to see it, but maybe also sometimes could be seen as a little bit naive. Ever since I was a child, whenever I had an idea, anything from like doing my own paintings, even if I'm awful at painting, I was like, well, you know, and then these are gonna sell and I'm gonna make an online store and then I'm gonna be <laughs> a global artist. That was always my thought process. I love it. And then also in my early 20s, when I started my first company, which was more like a freelancer, type of company that I had. I worked with a couple of clients and did a few projects. And then I saw this one event in Helsinki and it was like an invite only dinner kind of thing for entrepreneurs and founders and CEOs. I texted them on Facebook and I was like, hey, can I come? <laughs> I <love that>. <laughs> and <laughs> they invited you. Yeah, yeah, they invited me and they were like, yeah, sure, of course. And then when everybody was supposed to present, like, well, what is your company about? I had a vague idea, but it wasn't like a full-fledged business plan or anything like that. And then everybody starts one by one presenting their companies and their ideas. And I'm like, well, I'm a few steps behind, but that's okay. Then I just started talking and everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> great timing for that. And you pitched what it was going to become. Like, this is going to be... Yeah, many times... I don't like to focus on the obstacles and so on, because then you never get further than the first obstacle that comes your way. So I don't know where I got this mindset. Do you think it's also linked to positive thinking? And when I say positive, I don't mean just like, oh my God, like everything's all so good, but more like glass half full type of thinking. I really think so. I think it has to do with your outlook on life and how you see life and all of that. And if you see it, in a more optimistic, positive way where you see more opportunities or do you see it more in a pessimistic or I'm not a pessimist, I'm just a realist type of way. That's my pet peeve when people say that. But it's very hard to see further and to see the big picture if you always get stuck on these challenges because we all will have challenges, whatever we do. One of my favorite quotes used to be like, success is going from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. I love that. It's so true. And it's really like we all fail on a regular basis. Sometimes there's a little bit more time in between the fails 
or obstacles, but it's really how you approach those and how you move on. So one thing is the outlook on life. And the other thing is looking back at how I've approached everything. At one point, I also realized, I think that this was also in my early 20s when there was a risk of falling into this imposter syndrome mindset or just feeling like, who am I to do this or who am I to want this and so on. But then I I started thinking that, well, I was also looking around and people are doing all kinds of cool things and they're pursuing their dreams and they're trying and they're succeeding and they might fail and then they go again. And I'm like, I remember when I, it was like an epiphany to me. I was like, well, if they can do it or if they can try, why couldn't I? I've had the same exact thought in my 20s also. I'm still on that road and I really think that why would I not be able to try or why couldn't I do it? Who am I not to make it? Yeah, and I think that that's a really good way to kind of stay away from the imposter syndrome. And yes, of course, like it might be easier said than done, but really like take the focus out of yourself and what you quote unquote don't know or can't and look around and you'll notice quite soon that it's not that people around you are exponentially better or smarter. I think when going into that imposter syndrome, when you start falling into it, then take the focus out of yourself and start looking around other people. And then you'll see that, well, if it feels like too much, then at least I can try. I do that to myself. I'm like, if it's something that I still don't master, I'm like, well, at least I can try. Yeah, like what's the worst thing that can happen? And also one thing that I'm realizing is, you know what they say about like meeting your heroes? Like you should never meet your heroes. So if you look up to someone, then you go meet them, then you realize they're actually just people. There are no better or smarter or anything more than you are. And so I've had this, I mean, not necessarily that I've like met some like amazing icon that, but but just like people that I've like respect and I'm like, oh, this founder has done so much or this investor or this whoever. Or even just appear that I might say, oh, wow, like they're doing so well and always just seem to have their shit together. Then you have like a conversation with them and you start realizing like, wow, this person said that. That's the stupidest thing that I've heard. They don't seem to care even. And nobody else cares that they said something stupid or they didn't know something. And they said, ah, you know what? I actually don't know what that exact answer is or I don't know this or that or the other. And they're so cool with it. Or they just turn out to be not as bright as you thought. And you're like, well, if they can do it, I can do it too. So just talking to other people and it makes you realize that they're just people as well. Exactly. And I really love what you said about thinking about what's the worst that could happen. That's really one of the tools I also use. I actually go to the worst case scenario in my head. And then I can promise you 99.99% of the times worst case scenario. And then I'm like, well, I would survive. I'll be okay. And I will bounce back. And then it's like the worst case scenario doesn't become an obstacle anymore. And it's not a source of fear or imposter syndrome. So I really encourage you to go to the worst case scenario because in most cases, you'll realize that I'll be okay. I'll know how to handle it. I think it's interesting that you do that because for me, that wouldn't work. I don't know how to picture it because I'm like, well, what's the worst? I don't know, like this won't work out. I don't think that I can even picture what the like really worst case would be. I don't know. I just somehow like don't really think about that too much. I don't really think about failure a lot. Maybe to my fault. Sometimes it's good to be like, hey, you know what I mean? Like you're not invincible. But then I'm like, well, then I'll see it. Then when this situation comes and I'm like, oh shit, 
I wasn't as good as I thought, then whatever. But but I might be better than I thought. <laughs> That's also a possibility. Yeah, and a very viable possibility too. In my head, it's the most likely scenario is I'm going to blow everybody away. Do you think that we're just outliers in our way of thinking? Because I mean, how are so many people struggling with the exact opposite thinking? Maybe there is also a confusion between imposter syndrome and confidence dips. The meaning of words have been a little bit lost. And I think sometimes with imposter syndrome and lack of confidence or feeling insecure might be also used as the meaning of the words have become very blurry and then the distinction and people use imposter syndrome when maybe sometimes it's more lack of confidence. I have felt lack of confidence many, many times throughout my career. And I felt like now I fucked up or I didn't do this that well, or I could be better. I should be better. But I think those are more lack of confidence. Maybe like if we didn't talk about it so much, maybe everybody would be like, oh, I need to get more confidence versus putting a name to it. Be like, oh, now I have a name for this feeling. So now it's like real. And now I'm like having it actively versus just being like, oh, it's like a passing thought. I felt shitty and not that confident. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get too much into your thoughts because I think it's really good to reflect and it's okay to feel some type of way. But if you start dwelling on it, and I think that when you have something called a syndrome, it is a long-term thing that keeps on happening. I mean, at some point you can't have a thought process or you can't constantly every single time it happens, like just go in it. Maybe there are people that have found that it's like very helpful and it's gotten them out of it. But I just feel like the more you dwell in that shit, the worse it gets. Yeah. I remember I was, when I was in Singapore, I left my corporate job. I was working in sales for years. And then for like a year and a half, I did my own one woman consultancy, whatever, helping some clients to enter the Southeast Asia markets. And I remember I was signing my first client and I sent them a price. And I was like, initially very proud of myself to have priced it a little higher. And I was like, oh, like I'm going to be bold, right? And so I sent it off. And the guy on the other end, was a guy of a startup that was doing fine. And I sent it off and I was like, oof, I don't know what they're going to say. And I was talking to someone, a guy also, and I said, oh, I sent this proposal and it's like a little higher, but you know what? I can justify it because X and Y and Z. And he was like, Anna, you don't need to justify it. That's your price. You can name your price. And if they don't want it, they go somewhere else. Like so easy, like not even a fucking thought that like you have to justify to somebody why you're charging. Like, no, that's your price. And the client came back was like, okay, great, let's do it, which immediately told me it was too low, right? Because if someone doesn't negotiate, it's too low. But again, yeah. in this case, I think that it was a little bit of a guys don't care. Literally, there's no thought on either side. They're like, oh, cool, that's your price. We'll pay it. And someone else is like, of course, you're going to name your price. Why would you not? Why would you, again, feel this certain type of way about it? Yeah, I think that there's a lot that we collectively can do about this type of self-confidence checks like, ask the right price and don't feel embarrassed or don't feel like you're asking too much. They will tell if you're asking too much. You will be told. And even if you're told, it's fine. You'll be like, okay, well, I guess this is not for you. Like not everybody's opinion about you is the right opinion. Always remember that Balenciaga charges like 800 <laughs> euros or dollars for a trash bag. You can ask your price. And still people buy that shit. So ask your price and be confident about it. And it's also one type of quality cue. So if you're 
services are priced higher, it speaks to the quality of the service of the product. Pricing very low is not even the best strategic decision to do. I agree. Anna, I have to ask you, have you had any moments where you've received feedback that could have been a big hit to your confidence or even triggered some type of imposter syndrome? Well, probably many times, but the one time that I really stuck with me was when somebody told me that I'm not fit to be a CEO. What happened? This was back actually when I was running Such Singapore. So two weeks before the event, we realized we're lacking $100,000 from our budget, sponsorship, ticket sales. We've committed all this money already to production. Look, we need to get it. So I do an all hands meeting with the whole team. Everybody's there. I'm like, guys, give me some input, ideas, what we can do. Let's brainstorm, let's spar, whatnot, right? After that meeting, one of the people from my team stays back and they're like, hey, you know what? I don't think that you should have asked us for input. You're the CEO. You're supposed to know what to do in these scenarios. And I'm like, I disagree. I think I wanted to get input and whatnot. Then she was like, you know what? I understand you may try your best, but not everybody is meant to be CEOs. Like maybe you're just not fit to be the CEO if you're in this scenario right now. And I have to say, that's probably the toughest thing anybody's ever said, especially because it comes from your own team. I just feel like I was like sold out. You know what I mean? Like somebody just like sold me out and was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to turn my back on you. But also just having someone say that two weeks before an event, right? When all I wanted was someone to be like, you know what? You're doing great. We're here for you. Whatever you need, we're going to come with ideas. And Listen, maybe looking back, I wasn't creating that kind of atmosphere. Maybe I could have been better at creating that kind of culture where people would feel like they're more behind me. I don't know. But in that moment, it felt shitty. That sounds very harsh. The next day, I went to the office and I made a whole bunch of calls to people with money, to investors, to big companies. And I was honest and I said, listen, hey, we need a little bit more. Would you like to put in more additional money, whatnot? And we actually were able to get the needed money. In time? Yeah, because people appreciated the fact that I was honest. And I said, hey, we're in this scenario. We need a little more. And people were very, very supportive. And I love it. And I think that's also a testament to what we had created with the whole event where people wanted to support it. They wanted to see it succeed. So in your conscious decision to not let that affect you that much, were your feelings contradictory to the decision? Honestly, I remember thinking, this is what growth feels like actually made me think maybe I am the CEO that I'm supposed to be because I don't give a shit that somebody just told me this thing. Here I am the next day doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It actually made me feel real fucking good. And seeing this person the next day, see me not faced by anything, being the CEO I need to be. That must have also felt like growth. Yeah, so good. Guys, thank you so much for listening and being a part of our conversations. We had so much fun today. Again, if you had fun listening, please go and rate our podcast on Spotify or Apple and write amazing reviews or whatever you feel like. Write whatever you want. Yeah, we can take it. (laughs) We can can take take it. it. (laughs) And remember, you can always find us on Instagram at Founders at Five. Please send us your feedback, your questions and your comments. Thank you so much and see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.